It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. I'm John. And I'm Matt. And we're Friday Night Games. We are two board game enthusiasts and want to immerse you into our love of the hobby by bringing you board game content every Friday. We create for several platforms, including Twitch, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. Make sure you check out our sponsor at tabletoprenaissance.ca, located in our hometown of Windsor, Ontario. Check out their website for delivery options to wherever you're located. On today's podcast, we're going to discuss how to get into the hobby of board gaming for newbies and how to get noobs, noobs or how to get further deeper into it if you already are a deep board gamer. We will discuss why it is hard to start into the hobby and immerse oneself deeper into the hobby, how we started and how we got deeper into it ourselves, tips to start into the hobby for a newbie, and tips to get deeper into the hobby for a non-newbie. So why are we giving tips for newbies and already board gamers, Matt? Yeah, yeah, we could we could split them up. We could split them up, but we are a complicated podcast with complicated ideas and uh, we need to make it longer, so uh, we put both <laughs> together. <laughs> so tips for new people getting into the hobby could be some party conversation. You know, your boy Matt approaches you at a party. He really has an itch to play some board games, but all he has to play is video games. And he asks you to give him a quick fix. What do you tell him? I tell him <laughs> that he needs to play a ton of board games, obviously. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Or maybe you have tips to try and show that you're a superior board game creator to maybe court another individual at that party. Oh, yeah. Imagine you're at a party, you find the love of your life, also the love of all your friends' lives. All of you at the same time find out that she's into board games. But so are all of you and your friends. Don't you want to stand out? You pull out some facts about to find the next best game bam you're married you have 10 children and you're never able to afford a board game again (laughs) uh worst (laughs) (laughs) all right matt so what is a new person getting into the board game hobby let's define that person i will so knowledge is essentially the very basic of board games that could be monopoly or a simple family game like the game of life you know, those games, maybe you maybe you bought a game at a board game store because, or at, at Walmart or Target because you, you liked the way it looked and you wanted to play it, but you don't have a huge collection or anything. And the person doesn't really know that they can go to the local store other than Walmart or Target. They probably only think board games can be found at like Toys R Us as opposed to... Mm-hmm. A local board game store? They might not even know there's a local board game store. Or they think the local board game store only sells like magic or Pokemon. Fair. So what about someone who is already into board games? A bro like like ourselves. Or brah. <laughs> bra. I would say they have a good collection. Maybe 20 or so plus games. Probably a lot more. Or maybe not a lot more. Has a collection of very specific games that they have researched a bit. They know a board game geeks. Maybe not really know how to use it to its full potential. Doesn't really put any investigation into the board games. Yeah, yeah. They're probably just someone who... They probably know a board game store exists. And they probably have seen Board Game Geek to, like, you know, look up their games and strategies and stuff. But they probably don't really know much about those things. All right, so now... That everyone understands what we're, why we are strange. (laughs) 
<laughs> Why is it hard to get into the hobby, John? What do you think? I mean, there are, you know, what do they say? There's 5,000 plus games released every year. Well, hold, just... let's, let's press pause. Do you think that's exaggerated? I don't know. I don't think so. I think there, like, I think there is, but at the end of the day, there's probably like 100 to 200 to 300 games that maybe are significant. Yeah. But still a lot. <laughs> yeah it's like buy all 300 <laughs> sorry i keep interrupting you <laughs> well like like with the with the amount of games that are released each year you know it's just it's hard to stay current it's hard to stay on top of it i was like board games are not cheap either you know if you're looking right. for like a decent one that's gonna be that's not just a typical like party game or whatever you're looking at upwards to 60 plus dollars you know into the hundreds depending on what you're looking for mm-hmm. so that can really intimidate people and turn people off of the hobby and i just maybe just like the time to play games as well you know with everyone you know a lot of people working full-time jobs and you know having kids and and whatnot finding that time to play anything more than a game that lasts you know more more than an hour is hard and difficult you know from from personal experience too right so that's why i would say it's hard to get into the hobby especially if you're just getting into it now yeah i i i have big money little reward like you're gonna spend maybe 220 to 200 dollars on a game right how many hours are you gonna play that game so it's really hard to justify buying a game like that you know adding on to your point yeah what about you what do you think so i have a couple points i think maybe one is they don't know where to start yeah Right? So maybe they only know Monopoly and they only know Monopoly's bought at Toys R Us. So, you know, where do you go next? Did you, like, how did you figure that out, John? Where to buy board games at? Yeah. (laughs) Bill. (laughs) Bill told me about, you know, one of the local game stores, Brimstone Games. You got Um, a guy. I started going there. You got a guy. (laughs) Got got an in. Got an in. Yeah, exactly. But, and how did he figure out? He only figured out because Brimstone used to be two blocks away from his house. Yep. Right, so he he knew, and he's like, "Oh, look at this store. What's well, this store? You know, we're all in the video games, and board games is very similar. No time. You have no time to research any other games. Wait, I have to learn the rules, <laughs> <laughs> right? Like, think about it. we're all a lot. Of, there's a lot of video game people who transfer over to board games, but I think the one thing that people hate is the fact that you have to like learn systems." to play the game it's not like a video game where the game just does everything for you and then my final point is that people hate playing things wrong so when you learn the rules you have to play you'll probably read things wrong and teach them wrong but after a bunch of plays you realize that you have to play it differently Mm -hmm. right and and you're gonna like question in your moves and that's when you start you know reading the instruction manual it's just like that may be frustrating for a beginner because you know monopoly everyone think about it. everyone goes to the monopoly and like oh i already know the rules and no one reads the rules even though they don't actually know the rules <laughs> <laughs> so then they go play another game and they're like well i have to read the rules for this and then they're just like oh i don't like there's so many pages of rules this is you know scary anyways those are my points <laughs> That's fair. Yeah. I mean, the rules are a big one for me. Like, you know how much I hate reading the rules. I, I'm a skimmer. I get like the, the gist. Yeah. And then I'm like, yeah, I'm good to go. Yeah. I'm I'm uh, not a skimmer. <laughs> yeah. I know. But yeah. But that's, but that's because, you know, like if we're going to play a game, I want to play it right for the sake of this podcast. You know, I spend days before learning it doing a simple playthrough by myself it doesn't mean we get it right either <laughs> to, be, to be honest you're, just, you're still gonna screw up rules so how's it hard to get into the hobby for someone who's already in the hobby oh like how can they push further into it yeah or why is it hard to push further into it okay well i think these kind of go hand in hand which is which is not which which, which makes sense uh money <laughs> right money. 
<laughs> you just spent, you know, $1,000 on board games. And now you're like, you kind of have that buyer's remorse. You're like, well, do I play more games or do I buy more games? And then to push further, you kind of have to spend more money. So there is kind of yeah. that gatekeep right there where you're like, oh, should i invest more i've already invested a lot i think just like staying on top of all the games like staying current to what's popular mm-hmm. you know may not be everyone's like cup of tea to do that but you know you want to play games that other people are enjoying you can you, you know you want to kind of see for it for yourself maybe that like fear of missing out you know will get you to buy those games that you see that are rising on that hot list or that you're seeing on your social medias over mm-hmm. and over again i think that that that's hard to keep up you know especially now nowadays where it's like you know every week there's new games being released that are right and gonna be good and sometimes you're looking for that hidden gem hidden gem too right yeah and- I, I i feel like we're like the hidden gem type people like that's what we kind of look for i, I do feel yeah. like a lot of there's like a lot of content creators and you know sometimes us included where we're like oh hey every game is awesome <laughs> <laughs> but really when you're like when you think about it you're like maybe you have like a thousand dollars a year to spend on games which is actually a lot so maybe you only have like 200 which game are you gonna buy, right? How do you figure right. that out? That's hard, you know. And exactly, it's a lot of money. I think another another point would be, and again, this goes alert with the other newbie getting into the hobby. Learning rules drain. So you know, at first it was I have to learn the rules. What is this? Now it's I've learned so many rules. I'm sick of learning the rules. It's no fun. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you you have no strategy for this, and you're it just never you're just was. sorry. I said it never was fun. <laughs> <laughs> well <laughs> no it's not but but it's definitely not fun after your like 50th game right well yeah if no one's sharing that load either like it's tough to be the teacher always yeah right it's nice if someone takes up that mantle at least you know a quarter of the time yeah but I, I feel like most groups from a lot of the different other content creators or other people we talk to all have a rules person yeah right it'd be the same thing if you had a D group and you had like the dungeon master everyone has like a designated dungeon master they like doing it but usually they always get like burnt out <laughs> Yep. Right? Like, they always get burnt out. I know, because that's me. <laughs> but I've actually been pretty good. Over the last year, I have not been burnt out. But we'll get into that a little bit later. Again, same thing. The two point... I know, I think the two... Someone going further into the hobby and a newbie coming in, all these points kind of go hand in hand. Big money, little reward. <laughs> you know what I mean? You spend money on games already. You feel like you don't play them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? Like, you spent two grand on games. I don't know, a grand on games. on games it doesn't matter all those things are a lot of money you don't play them as much as you want to true that and then maybe you have no one to play with or no one wants to play games anymore so you got into it it was great for a year and then all of a sudden everyone's like "Ah, i'm bored with it Ah, i want to do something else you know at first everyone was interested but now no one is showing a lot of interest for it sounds like a mirror to our life map <laughs> to what our our content or our board game playing or both? Ooh, uh, <laughs> it's our board game group. <laughs> yeah, basically. Anything else you want to add to that? No, I think that those were all my points that I've got written here. Sweet. I know we, I know we answered this a lot, but we're gonna do it again. How did you start into the hobby? So, so starting in the hobby, we'll consider that. How did we get to our 20 game collection? John, go. 
after years of not hanging out, hung out with you one night, and you're like, hey, come to game night. I went to your game night, we played Dead of Winter, which I thought was really cool. Nice. I never played anything like that before. And then we decided as a group that after you know a little while playing games together, that we decided we were going to create our own board game. Mm-hmm. And then by doing that, we're like, well, we got to, you know, kind of get into the nitty gritty. Like, you know, what are what are popular board game mechanics, artwork, blah, 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 blah. So we started playing like indie games a lot. Mm-hmm. And then that's how we sort of created this podcast. And then we realized doing this podcast was fun. And then we got in the world of content creating. And then <laughs> content creating allowed us to receive games from publishers. Mm-hmm. It increased my love of board games and you know sparked some creativity in me, which allowed me to purchase more games. And then I have this really like compulsive buying. <laughs> So so I help so I feed your uh, compulsive problem. So I can feed yep. your compulsive buying problem. <laughs> All right. So it, I have this like a adi- I have this like addictive behavior, and mm. when I really when I get into something, I'm like really into it, and then I just need like everything. Okay. From that, so I try to. Co- I'm like a big collector of things, right? And that's how that. Hold happened. on. Press pause. Press pause. When did you hit your 20 games? <laughs> when did I hit my 20 yeah. games? How how far uh, into I, hanging out with I, us? I don't even remember. I think I had 20 games before we even started to be honest. Well, there just we like, go. Well, how did you how did like you other things, how did you get those games? Like like were those just slowly collected over the years? Yeah, just like Brittany and I or my wife and I would we would just pick up games like as we would go like we'd see something at the store or mm-hmm. like we'd be on a trip or something be like, "Oh, let's pick up a game to play while we're here." Stuff like that. We had like a lot of like small card games and then we built like the classics like you know monopoly scrabble Catan, boggle and then we got Catan. okay so you so you had a very you had a classic board game collection and then yeah once you hung out with us you're like whoa 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 <laughs> this yeah, is a board game like three or four hundred or something <laughs> crazy like that yeah that's, your collection is <laughs> three or four hundred now yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, wow. There's a lot. Okay, so I'm going to keep it really simple. Board game Bill forced it on me at gunpoint. There we go. Prove me wrong. <laughs> 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 you know, simply, I just wanted something fun we could do together, and that led to a few purchases. So maybe using Will Wheaton's tabletop, it kind of led me to researching maybe like 10 games that I bought, which I think actually kind of started or maybe a year or two before you came on, came back to the group. And I, at that time, you know, even when you came back to the group, I only had a collection of like maybe 20 games. Plus, like we had all the classics, but we had 20 games that are like more gamey, pushed further yeah. into it, right? So, but that was like, I don't know, six, seven years ago. And then, and then you, you kind of hit all the rest. We tried to make our board game. And then board games was just, it became like research, right? Learning popular games, mechanics, what the trends were. I actually think that we're more prepared now to release a game than we were like two or three years ago. <laughs> Right, because yeah, we know a lot. Want, I just don't want to. Well, we know a lot more, and we know we're not as like ignorant as we were before. Before we're like, we have a right. game, it's great, and it's like, well, there's actually like a lot more games that are better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. And then, and now, it, I I think we're doing what we like to do now. Like, I actually just like having a board game talk show with you. I like ha- I like hanging out with you. I like researching this stuff, learning all these technology stuff I don't really know. And right. We're both, I feel we both have a very, me and you have a very good dynamic. I agree. Thank you, sir. Yeah. So how did you push your collection further? I mean, I just, I think some of it, not all of it, but some of it might've been like that FOMO, fear of missing out. Okay. Do, do you feel you have a fear of missing I mean, this isn't a psychology podcast, but you feel like you have that fear of missing out? Sometimes. Okay. 
I guess. But I think I think just trying to be current, right? Like if we're going to be content creators, we're going to, you know, not every publisher ever sends us stuff, right? So like we need to stay current as much as we can. Right. And we like supporting the publishers that have sent us stuff too, right? So just being able to do that. We like to support our, like our local game stores as well. So I think it's more just like a combination of everything. But mostly it's just to stay current, try new games out that you know if we have like a podcast topic you know buy a couple games with that in mind kind of get a better idea of what we're going to talk about and stuff like that yeah i I agree with that 100 when it came to the podcasting that kind of our research kind of turned towards that and that kind of pushed more research into board games right we're like oh what is you know popular tableau games and then you look into that and then that leads to like purchases of the best the ones that are considered the best right yep which is why i have all the expansions to everdo <laughs> well that's a game you play with your wife that's a little different yeah yeah, yeah. right i mean that's why that's probably i mean you could also say that like villainous you have almost every game of villainous too and that's another game you play with your wife right right i, I say what pushed me further was i started learning what i liked and didn't like so do i want to read a 20 page rule book do i want a game that doesn't have single player you know i'll buy a game with a lengthy rule book but only if it has single player, right? And I'll buy a game without single player if it's really easy to learn, you know? You know, I'm trying to like, basically with me, it's all about like taking my spending and I'm trying to get get the most from it, right? I'm trying to get big reward with little money. (laughs) (laughs) I reversed the previous ones, right? So that's what what I try to do. And then the whole content creation thing, you know, you kind of said everything. I'm just going to reiterate it. You know, we thought we knew board games, but we didn't really didn't. Like, we're like, oh, yeah, we know board games. And then, like, once you start looking into it, you're like, wow, we actually don't really know board games. <laughs> we're, we're faking it. And now, we're, you know what I mean? What's the next step? And then that really led led to purchasing, like, a, a journey of purchasing. You know, mm-hmm. this this is the way we learn about games and mechanics. And it really was a lot of money and time. And now, almost two years later, I can say that, yeah, we do actually, I actually feel like we do know games now. What do you, what do you think? Right. Yeah, I agree. I mean, what's cool about this is that, you know, we're constantly learning. There's new stuff coming out all the time, and it's good to see how it gets changed up a little bit too, right? Looking, for example, like, you know, you and I like deck building games, mm-hmm. and, you know, seeing games now, I don't know, probably was a thing before, but more more prominent that I'm noticing now are like worker placement mixed in with deck building and like kind of seeing how that, how mechanics are being mixed together to create better games and stuff like that is kind of what I'm looking at now. It's really cool that we could see the trends now. Yeah. You know, like, you know, oh, here's a deck building meets worker placement and then you have like three or four more games like that (laughs) yeah (laughs) right because those are the popular things right and it's cool to see like kind of see how that how that all works together and you know what mechanics and games work together to create even better games and then adding to that uh, mm-hmm. to expand the funness level i guess of the board game night yeah yeah i i think that you know being content creators has led to obviously more game purchases that has led to more knowledge which has led to better content for you the listener which leads us to being a lot more poor but <laughs> <laughs> but happy because you're because you the listener are happy and i and I, money. and I will make a note too like yeah we do know game Games. but you know we're still i still feel like there's content creators who definitely know more than us but mm-hmm. at the same time like you know that is their job right they they deserve it because they're making money off doing it yeah. kudos to them or they're just way more confident than us 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, we're 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 not the end all be all, right? There's a million content creators around board games, and you know, everyone deserves their own vo- their voice being heard and their mm-hmm. story being told. You know, we're just we're just you know one little pot in that pool, I guess. Is I don't know. If yeah, yeah, we're 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 a little. I think I feel like we're a little smaller than some of them because some of them are. It is like you know, it is their job, right? And they do a good job at it. But please don't stop following us. <laughs> all right so what tips can we give for someone who wants to start into board gaming all right all right i'll I'll start first i'll start first go to a game shelf at your local game store and just choose a damn game (laughs) (laughs) look for a game that you really like the theme of even if it's abstract at least you'll enjoy the prettiness of it even if it's terrible but you know just choose a game that looks like it really appeals to you the other thing you could do is you could use google recommendations or top lists of different content creators or board game geek or whatever for a very specific year and then from there look at the price point and then determine if that price amount is what you want to spend and if it is buy it you probably won't be disappointed and then the second thing is that look think about who you want to play with and what you want to play so do you want a deep game then look at board game geeks top 100 list do you want a party game then just go to a store and grab one that looks fun because it probably will be and you know like board game geek is good for those games that you may not have ever heard about or they're super deep strategy games but it's probably not the best place to get party game recommendation just saying Mm -hmm. what about you john i think you know once covid is over or if you have a board game cafe in your city that's open i mean go there grab a game off the shelf play it you know try something out before you buy it. before you want to invest that money into into that game or into a game i would say you don't if you can try it out somehow before you purchase it go for it that way you know especially if you're iffy and investing your money into the hobby at this point that'd probably be your best bet you can also there's a ton of youtube videos playthroughs reviews unboxings that you can take a look at from tons of content creators out there start there do a little bit of research and then go from there and yeah like like matt said just if if you really are that into the game just go to your store and buy it i i guess i guess maybe the tip would be like find a local game store yeah (laughs) right that might be the local game store is you know we've got three in our city so we we got a little bit of choice here what tips can we give someone who wants to further their knowledge into the hobby what do you think i would say just like deep dive into everything you know, mm-hmm. look at Board Game Geek's, you know, hot list. Look at YouTube for reviews and playthroughs. Look on Instagram and Twitter and Twitch to see what's going on there. Look at Kickstarter. Look at what people are backing. You know, trying to put all your eggs in like all the baskets, I guess you, I can say. And just look at what's hot. Look at what people are playing. Look what people are wanting. And just try to get in on that action. So, so I'm going to reiterate there. You said go to yeah. Kickstarter, right? So if you want yeah. to further, you know, look at the Kickstarter and, and why. Why do you, why should someone go to Kickstarter? I mean, the those are going to be games that maybe aren't widely published and distributed. You know, there are bigger companies that that have games on there, but that's where probably your best bet to find some of those awesome hidden gems. Not only hidden gems, but sometimes like you're going to you're going to get like indie games, games that have like don't even have a publisher and the company's just yeah. trying to start and then, you know, they may be like they may not even be that popular or successful. <laughs> Yeah. But they're like, it might appeal to you that way. Yeah. And then but there's also those 
Kickstarter is a good indication of, you know, what's going to be popular as well, especially those games like Frosthaven, Everdell that just finished their campaign, you know, Dwellings of Eldervale, you know, all those like giant games that just were massively popular that you just can't find right now. (laughs) Yeah, because basically they sold, you know, millions of dollars on Kickstarter, which means that they had to fulfill (laughs) millions of dollars on Kickstarter. (laughs) So they're probably going to be sent out via Kickstarter rather than a game store. So that's a very good point. Like the new Root expansions, right? Yeah. You know, those, I think they made like $3 million or something crazy. So basically you're never, I didn't back it. (laughs) Even though I love Root, I didn't back it because I'm like, I rather actually support my local game store. I'm probably not going to see that for two years. Yeah. To be honest, but whatever. Whatever. It's fine. I don't need it. Maybe. I don't need it now. Tell you that much. You'll rekindle your love for Root then. Yeah, exactly. Maybe maybe it'll have me play it again. Or maybe I'll play it waiting for it, right? Yeah. So who knows? Okay, so you said Kickstarter. So yeah, so just to reiterate that a quick sec, you know, a bigger company will put up a Kickstarter and usually that is to just generate hype. Mm. <laughs> right? I don't know. I don't really know if it, they're not really kickstarting. They're more like getting the idea, pre-ordering. <laughs> <laughs> right and <laughs> and if you see a big company do that then you know it's probably going to be a popular game yeah. it also helps the company gauge how popular the game is going to be so maybe they'll be like oh we're not going to release it past kickstarter but then they make a bajillion dollars and like yeah i probably could release it past kickstarter right. okay so what about content creators why would you look at a content creator what, what are they going to give you like wh- what is a content creator going to going to give you like like why would you go to that source i mean content creator you're you would hope that they would give you their unbiased biased feedback you know most of us aren't getting paid to do this Mm -hmm. so if a publisher sends us a game they're not sending us a check to go along with it because publishers don't want a biased opinion and it would be very hard to get an unbiased opinion if they're if they're putting you know food on your table as well right oh yeah if they if they gave me a check for five hundred dollars and it is the worst (laughs) game ever i might be like this is the best game ever (laughs) right you don't want to you don't want to bite that hand that's feeding you right yeah most content creators i mean i i'm just speaking from experience here from our experience are going to give you their uh, yeah they're 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 going to give you their unbiased opinion because the publishers are not paying them to give a give that review of that game or they're like us as well where we're actually spending our hard-earned money on the board game mm-hmm. so like i'm gonna give you my honest feedback of a game and let you let you know that i like it or not because i spent my money on we it. spent our money yeah exactly and and also we're we're you know, as content creators, we're a little different. We always try to direct who the game is for as opposed to right. why is the game bad. You, you'll have a lot. I think, like, people who give negative reviews are always the ones where people are like, oh, yeah, these people know what they're talking about. But if you, like, really go to, like, something like, say, Amazon.com and look at their reviews, never look at the ones and fives. Those are never going to give you the <laughs> the real truth, right? <laughs> you look at the twos yeah. and threes and fours because those are going to give you the real truth behind your review and i feel like anyone who's throwing out super negative comments or super positive comments might be a little bit you know biased <laughs> we gotta look at those too like you know a little little off topic here but like games that aren't even released that are getting like one star reviews because they you know, don't like the publisher or don't like someone involved in the game you know like just doesn't make sense yeah you kind of have to look beyond that some i hate i hate to be like it's about the game as opposed to the person because sometimes the person could be really horrible <laughs> but you are judging a game at the end of the day right All right okay why would you go to youtube over say like an instagram or a twitter content creator 
I mean, it's just a visual thing, right? You can see the game. It's a little bit more tangible. You can see how they're playing it, you know, what the components look like, and you know, people's hands, I guess. Um, sometimes the YouTube people have good personalities and they're fun to listen to. Yeah, and why should you listen to us over the YouTube and, you know, Instagram and Twitter people? I, I can't answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> see, I see what I did there? <laughs> Because yeah, yeah, we're yeah, hilarious, yeah. obviously, <laughs> and I entertaining. Like, I, don't, I don't. I. I'm very humble. Okay, you know? we are entertaining. <laughs> Maybe we try not, to be. We try to be not the most entertaining, but we're entertaining. <laughs> yeah, I think those are those are all really good points. You know, it, if you want to go further into you know trying to f- into the hobby, you need to actually start looking up games. <laughs> and you need to know what you like right like i think it'd be bad if you want to go to go and start getting further into the hobby and you didn't really know what you like you know i mean i I think the most simple is like do you like strategy games do you like family games or do you like party games yep and then you might like them all but what do you play the most with your group because really it's like your group is kind of dictating what you're going to play right and i guess another issue is that if there's like several people collecting in your group then you're going to have a hard time getting the game to a table but at the same time then you have to kind of lay those ground rules down with your group to know that hey we're going to rotate games that we're playing every week yeah you know? so so on that note once you understand what you like i think that is when you take your knowledge and then you head to board game geek at least that's what i do i always head to board game geek and then i just search the games like i search that game i really like and then i'll I look over mechanics or maybe i'll do a google search that has like boardgamegeek.com space games like i don't know root and then all of a sudden there'll be like posts where people are like, oh, if you like Root, you like this. If you like this, you know, you know, if you like Carcassonne, you'll like this, right? And those are some of the most informative because they kind of help you purchase games. And they and sometimes they give you games that you probably were not, are not as popular as, you know, Carcassonne or Root, for instance. Or even search the creator or company. Borging Beak has like, hey, here's the designer. Oh, you really like that game? Well, probably click on the designer you'll probably like his other games too or the company because usually a company will back you know pandasaurus has a very high standard to their games and they will you know usually the games they make are all pretty good <laughs> so you know like oh i, I trust pandasaurus to make a good game and obviously not everything is going to be great but you know you you know you like dinosaur island you know dinosaur world's probably going to be good will godspeed be pretty good well i could tell you yes right but you may not know that right Right. and then you know think of some publishers as someone who recommends games rather than someone who sells the products like the publishers are hand choosing these products they're choosing them for a reason because they like them and then that's usually why they they come out and i know this because like i've you know i've been to panels with uh zev from WizKids or the pandasaurus games people and they and they actually like you know they will choose games that they played and really liked and then no one's publishing and then they'll publish them because they have faith in them so i think that's real i think that's that says a lot and then back to the content creation you know look up big name content creators you know friday night games (laughs) (laughs) i'm just kidding just like dice tower or board game geek lists and then you know look at their top games and that will kind of give you may not agree with everything on there but like not everything on there will appeal to you but you'll probably find something in that list that will appeal to you if you you know look the game up on board game geek and that will kind of give you an idea of also like what the best games of the year are and it'll be helpful to your purchase power for you to figure out what you like from that list but make sure like i said just a minute ago make sure you research those games pretty thoroughly because not all lists are going to agree with your tastes or see the games 
in the same way that that you might you know they might be looking for divergent games with crazy mechanics and you just might be looking for like the game that had the mechanic because you have no idea this mechanic even existed dice rolling for instance so yeah i hope those are some pretty helpful tips there what do you what do you think is there like a content creator that you can like recommend or like a, a place you could really recommend, John, the people that agrees with you, like you agree whenever you see them be like, oh, I really like this game. You're like, man, I agree with you all the time. Content creator? Yeah. There's a lot. <laughs> There's a lot. I, I, I could name one right off the top of my list. Off the top of my head, sorry. Tom Basil, I actually am very like similar. Me and him have very similar tastes, which is funny. Okay. I'm trying to think of like who I who I watch the most or who I pay attention to the most. Yeah, I think I just I I watch so many and I pay attention to so many that it's hard to like pinpoint. Yeah. I look at I know maybe like, you know, Rodney Smith and how it's played. I know I'm sure you know he's getting paid for those videos, but those seem to be like popular games that he's showing off anyway. Right. So I look at I look at that a lot and then, you know, sometimes I pay attention to, you know, what James Hudson has to say. I I, listen, I love, watch his live feeds. I, wa- I watch Jamie Stagmeyer's live feeds. I know those are just, like, designers and stuff. But content creators, there's, yeah, there's just so many in our community, man. <laughs> it's, it's, it's hard. Yeah, it is really tough. Some, sometimes we're all promoting the same thing. Sometimes we're all promoting <laughs> opposite things. Different things. I mean, some of my favorites, I would say, are probably, like, you know, Professor Mago, Kidsplaining, Gnarly Carly, Dice and Dragons. Yeah, I was going to say Dice and Dragons. Yeah. Uh, I feel like their opinions are usually the same as yeah, ours. Room 51 yeah same with matthew and justin those are probably my list that, that i pay attention probably to the most there's a lot though yeah I, I would say the people i pay attention to the most are bridge city gamers of dyson dragons room 51 that john guy from friday night games and then I, I actually kind of follow Board Game Geek a lot, but just just to kind of get yeah. the news that I'm missing, they kind of always have the news that I'm that I don't. Yeah, I watch follow. their Twitch stream, their playthroughs and stuff. I don't, I don't actually watch any of their stuff. <laughs> I just read their tw- like, oh, this is like they'll post something on Twitter, like usually their news, and I'm like, oh, okay, so I know when a game is coming out, things like that. Yeah, and usually if they're doing a playthrough of something, it's probably a popular game. That's usually how I stay up to date. I don't really follow Dice Tower. I, I just I just only follow their lists because that's all I've ever followed with them, to be honest. They always produce like a list. Yeah. All right, there you go. Awesome. If you like what you hear, don't forget to leave us a review on Apple Podcasts or follow us on your favorite streaming platform. You can check us out on all our socials, Instagram at Friday Night Games underscore official, Twitter and Twitch at Friday Night GMS, on our website, FridayNight.Games. If you have a game that you'd like for us to preview... Or if you want us to preview a certain game, shoot us an email at info at Again, I'm John. And I'm Matt. And it's Friday night, so let's have some fun. Eh.